0: The bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the
1: bad rails in your mouth. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them up, bring them out. Bring them up, bring them up. The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real because it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just said that it is. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. team? The Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Chickens. U.S.C., Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is. Man, Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro J.
0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. We got a show in store for you today. Not only do we have news, but we have breaking news. Um, We're recording this show on Thursday evening, so as soon as I said that, I'm pretty sure most of you know exactly what I'm talking about if you caught the game. But I got my man, Young Vander on with me. Holler at the people, Young Vander.
2: Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there?
0: I got my main man, bro Joe on. Holler at him, Joe. What's going on? approximately three four minutes ago we just saw christian mccaffrey limp off the field into the medical tent and apparently he has a hamstring injury wow i mean you know life comes at you fast uh, you thought you had the number one running back in the game and now you don't we're gonna have to talk about some pivots that uh, there are gonna be several people that uh, fall into that situation but man i can't get ready to start we're gonna go ahead and get you started with your news
2: And now your fantasy news.
0: So I guess we start off with the hardest hitting topic that we have right now. We know that hamstring injuries can linger. Not only that, but you're returning from a knee injury. You got Cuba Hubbard behind you, who should be able to fill in. He obviously isn't Christian McCaffrey, but he should be able to fill in admirably. What's your advice with this breaking news?
2: I mean, just like anybody else, go grab ice Cuba Hubbard if you can. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be mad if you're in a deeper league. I would go get probably Royce Freeman also. I guess you'll wait to see how the rest of this I game I forgot plays they picked out. up Royce. Because I know Hubbard is the handcuff, but so far this year he hasn't really been playing well or doing well with the carries he has been getting so i'll just watch the game and kind of see how the game goes
1: you know first and foremost we just hopefully we'll know more if not saturday or maybe monday whether or not the severity you know what the severity of the injury if it's a grade two sprain ooh, anything pertaining to hamstring we could easily see if grade two or higher six to ten games so hopefully it's something that's just a lower grade than that but if it's great too, that's that's six to ten weeks off the bat. Just like Van said, it's I would go out of the two with Hubbard. Think like he said, Royce to kind of take over like the early down work. Once Hubbard has his foot and his bearings on the offense, he'll definitely be the lead back.
0: We have OBJ, who plans to play this week, barring any setbacks in practice, that is. But with that being said, Jarvis Landry just hit the IR. So OBJ might be hitting the ground, and they obviously hope that he hits the ground literally running because he's about all they have at right receiver as far as top dogs are concerned. Obviously, you got Peoples Jones. You got the kid, uh, what's his name, Swartz. And it's going to be a hard hill to climb if OBJ isn't right and Jarvis Landry isn't there. But you also have Saquon, who's limited in practice this week, still with the knee injury. And with Saquon, I I saw an interesting stat the other day. He's had seven carries. He has a total of 39 yards, and we all recall that he got 41 yards on one run. Man, it's one thing to be worked in slowly. It's something else to be inefficient which was his calling card. It didn't matter how many carries he got. He was going to be efficient with whatever they were, whatever they out were. So it's going to be um, pretty interesting how some of these big name players put up points this year or not. Joe, we'll go to you last on this one. Barry, what's your stance, <laughs> <laughs> what's your stance on Saquon right now?
2: Yeah, well, Saquon's schedule starting out was really rough. That's why I, I wasn't really big on him having the season that Joe thought he would have because it's, it's brutal. His first, like, seven games is pretty brutal. Uh, this matchup is pretty decent. He got Atlanta. I think this may be an opportunity for him to actually break out. If if there's anything, anything there in the tank, I think this would be a good opportunity for him. As far as the Browns go, OBJ, it's a wait-and-see thing. I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't start him if I have him on my team. Uh, yes, Landry is down. But uh, look out for that kid, Demetric Felton, man. Oh, the um, running back.
0: I saw that. I saw but, him but, last week. They, they said they're going to put him in the slot.
2: Right, turn turn wide receiver. You know what I mean. So he may be kind of like on some Debo Samuel type. You know, uh, the run after the catch kind of receiver. So I definitely will uh, look for him in deeper leagues.
1: So where OBJ first? Um, I'm excited. I think uh, where he was at. Wait, wait wait, 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 what, what, what,
0: what did you just say? I'm starting the for first? OBJ.
1: Oh, for OBJ. Oh, okay, okay. Let me. <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Let me calm I, down. go see, ahead. Go ahead. Let I let see you was trying to get me. At, you know. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> With uh, OBJ, I'm kind of excited. He started his recovery relatively fast. As usual, he's always a great healer, uh, but like we all know he can't stay healthy. I think they've been considerably slower with his injury because he carries at least two more years of dead money unless they're able to trade him uh, sometime following the league year. So they still have to do their due diligence in that regard you know like most organizations um but i'm expecting big things this year um they had a full year working together uh, like i said because his uh, injury was accelerated that him and baker and all the receivers got together so i'm excited about that going to uh saquon mm-hmm. mm. um i had high hopes uh <laughs> oh had okay we starting out right go ahead yes because i have to be honest you know we're going to be a family the fantasy fiend family i do gotta admit when I, uh,
2: we all got that one cousin in our family that <laughs> they can't get right so don't, don't worry about it
1: but yeah I don't, it's hard to say you know like you said, um do i think he's healthy i think he's where he should be in terms of his injury honestly it just, part of it is him not trusting his abilities the other part of it is the old line They've done great in pass protection, um, obviously statistically in third down and everything else. That's hard. I, don't, you know, I would have to say I did expect him to come out swinging, uh, but it is a, a long season. So I think it's one of those things he's... To me, an RB two right now,
0: and hopefully he'll improve. Would your fantasy advice be to sell now if you can to the person that has faith in him, or would your fantasy advice be to buy low?
1: I would buy low. You know, I think this is an amazing time to buy low. It's he's they're looking out for him in, to finish out the season. So though he's not where we would want him to be statistically, this is the best time to buy low and leverage, like you guys pointed out uh, with those seven carries, for example. This is the best time to kind of offer him up as a RB2, RB3. At least the second half will look a lot better for him. We could only hope. DeAndre
0: Hopkins, who missed another day of practice, um, this is his second day of practice, missed due to a rib injury. Um, whether or not there's fractures or whether or not it's just um cartilage and he's managing pain um didn't really get that much into detail over that but two days out of practice Barry, is this a a veteran preference sort of a thing or is this something that there may be a little bit of fire is is it not even smoke Uh, who's this guy again hopkins arizona
2: all right you know what it is there's nothing going on (laughs) i mean just a regular degla you know what i'm saying um just maintenance there's nothing to worry about
0: here. You feel the same way about Amari Cooper, who is nursing a rib injury as well.
2: I think Amari Cooper going to play through He's hurt, man. I think he's going to play through it, of course. So I think you should play him if you have him on your team. I still would play him. I wouldn't bench him. But he's he's going to be one of those guys that's going to tough through it and play. It seemed like week one, and he was grimacing to me week one. I don't know well, if anybody you know, noticed it.
0: Yeah. I mean, he came into the season still having that ankle injury. So he, he, he wasn't healthy in, in game one. And that, that was actually one of the points that I brought out when I said that CeeDee Lamb was going to be a value where he was being drafted at, because I personally believe that his talent would overtake Cooper as the number one wide receiver in Dallas. But if you add injury on top of that, I mean, man, the sky's the limit for C.D. Lamb. That's why I really felt he was a value where he was going um, in draft season. Will Fuller, who's a full-going practice, would you put the same label on him as you do OBJ and it's a wait-and-see approach? Or do you think with Fuller you can go ahead and and strike him up this weekend?
2: I think you should definitely wait also. I mean, he's playing with a new quarterback. Don't forget that part. So this guy hasn't played since last year. Has anything come out and say he's actually going to start? Are they going to work him in, you know? Have you heard anything on that?
0: They really haven't given any determination on that thus far. You got Waddle, you got uh, Parker out there. I mean, they have their whole plethora of wide receivers that are healthy. It's the quarterback that's not healthy, so they do have the opportunity to kind of work him in. Um, It would be my guess that, being that he wasn't injured, it was a suspension and then a personal week, whatever the case is, it would be my guess that he is capable of playing a full game. It's just going to you know, be a a matter of whether or not they decide to allow him to play a full game. We'll kind of all find that part out together, which is why I agree with you. You may want to take the wait-and-see approach for week one because we
2: won't. For sure.
0: Trey Sermon is limited with a concussion, and it looks like of the three running backs that are currently available to San Fran, it looks like Elijah Mitchell is going to be the least injured, I would say. And I don't know if any of the guys that they brought in for the uh, workouts, I haven't gotten any updates on whether or not they decided to go ahead and um, bring any of those guys on. So that to a certain extent also indicates that Mitchell may be good to go, but everybody behind them is kind of banged up right now. And with the concussion protocol, um, that's a little bit different. That's not one of those I can tough it out type things that the neurologist has to give you the go ahead that you aren't displaying any symptoms. So do you guys have any inkling um anywhere or the other as far as whether or not Trey Sermon may play this week?
2: I don't see Trey Sermon playing me personally. I think uh mm-hmm. they did sign the guy from the Bengals practice squad, uh, Jacquez Patrick. I wanna say he's a XFL guy. Hmm. Um big big boy, you know what I mean? He's probably about two thirty, you know what I mean? So he's Gold not line tip- guy. right. He's not your typical um Shanahan back, but he's a big boy. They bought him in. I think they are probably gonna activate on Johnson to the to the main team or whatever, and he may get some uh some of those carries. I think he'll probably play the backup to uh Mitchell, in my opinion.
1: Servin was uh in non contact jersey today practicing. Uh, Mitchell was on doing like individual drills. Both will come into Sunday questionable. So we all got to be on the lookout. You know, whoever has either player with that one.
0: One thing while I'm thinking about it that I'm going to mention to you guys and to our listeners, you may want to go ahead and pick up Jeff Wilson and throw him in your IR spot if you have one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because from the looks of things, he may actually come back and take that number one RB spot. No, no one's running away with that spot right now. So it's it's a it's a pretty good chance. Worst case scenario for Jeff Wilson, he'll have the opportunity to be a part of that committee, but he may just come and take that committee over. So if uh, Trey Sermon isn't what they expected him to be, Elijah Moore is banged up. Hasty's just a guy. Your boy, uh, Mo Start, he's going to be out for several more weeks. Mm -hmm. Might be a good uh,
2: stash. I'm cool with that. You stash him in your IR spot, but it's probably going to be a while before we see some Jeff Wilson on the playing football.
0: Daryl Henderson of the Rams, who isn't practicing. Uh, We know that he got injured this past week, which gave light to Sonny Michelle getting a few more carries, if you will. Um, There still is no indication of whether or not he's going to be able to play this week. So, are we looking at him as a most likely he'll go? Or are we looking at him as a you might want to go ahead and find your pivot point today because it's unlikely?
2: Most definitely find your pivot point. I mean, you definitely want to be prepared. Um, But Friday practice would be more telling in this situation, in my opinion. I think you see what happens on Friday that's usually a telltale sign of who's going to play and who's not definitely always you know be prepared
1: honestly I don't think you need to strongly pivot he hasn't practiced all week like Vander said tomorrow will be like the best telltale but he also is going against the Buccaneers so it has the right. rated rush defense sure. so not don't,
2: don't feel comfortable playing Michelle trust me <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> this is true <laughs> <laughs> but for, for some people, though,
0: they, 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 they may have to dig deep in that bag of tricks to come up with the running back uh, due to injury, or maybe they just started listening to the show and they had poor preparation and don't have the, the amount of depth that they need at the running back position. Who knows? But um, We definitely know that Henderson, let's say the Rams backfield in general, probably is uh, a backfield that you're going to pivot from this week, if at all possible. For sure. We have Baker Mayfield, who's been a full practice participant. So the uh, left shoulder injury that he sustained during last week's game doesn't seem to be a lingering issue. We also have Antonio Brown, who tested positive for coronavirus. So he is now trying to work his way back. He has the test negatively twice within a 24-hour time span in order to be able to uh, get back to the team. So we'll kind of monitor that situation as it plays out, but it's a 99.9% chance that he won't be playing this week. Who do you think that benefits most, as far as the Tampa Bay receiving core is concerned?
2: Chris Godwin.
1: I'm thinking Mike Evans.
2: For his AB being out.
1: Oh yeah, I think you know we already hmm. knew that Godwin and Gronk was already on another stratosphere with you know the rapport with Brady, but Mike Evans definitely can take a leap forward. Antonio Brown really caught the passes, you know that. You know, spectacular catches. And also, he took away the seam. And now you're getting, you know, more targets for somebody who's been doing that for several years with the organization. I think it bodes well for him because Godwin and Gronk was doing solid regardless.
2: I'm going to say Chris Godwin only because AB is not really a red zone guy. I think Gronk has more effect on Evans and vice versa. Daryl
0: Mooney, who has been limited um, this whole week of practice uh, due to a back injury, and they're indicating that he sustained an additional injury um, at some point in time in practice today. So they're not saying that he's doubtful for Sunday, but I wouldn't necessarily um, push the chips in, if you will, on Mr. Mooney just because uh, Justin Fields is going to be starting which is the other piece of news for the Chicago Bears Andy Dalton being out this week it has been declared that Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback we don't know when Andy will return from injury his coach has indicated that he's going to still be the starter when he comes back which is kind of puzzling to me that I mean for me that would be one of those keep your mouth shut and just let what happens happens if Fields wins the job cool he won the job if he doesn't, then he didn't, but there won't be a situation of, well, what you said was da-da-da-da-da. I think a lot of coaches find themselves in a sticky situation when they make these grand proclamations and then things change and now players don't trust you. So you got to be careful with, you know, making these grandiose statements Justin Fields go out there and shows his behind. Dalton is not getting that job back. And if he does, that might cost you your job, Mr. Nagy. So you might want to just calm down for a second and. You know, see what happens. Let that, that things play out.
2: Yeah. I think he just said that just because Dalton really didn't lose the job yet. So of course you want to still have the back of the guy you named the starter. But if Fields go out there and have one of them Kyler Murray nights. It, I'll that's at you. what I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm
0: saying. You got uh, LaVisca Chenault, who is a full practice participant. It wasn't known after his injury was sustained last week whether or not he'd be able to get right back to it or if he would be out for a little bit. But it looks like he is a full practice participant, which gives full confidence that he'll be a go. Mr. Deontay Johnson, who was sidelined due to a knee injury on a needless pass play at the end of the game, they aren't for certain whether or not he's going to be able to go. Um, He's been out of practice so i would go ahead and find my pivot point now luckily as it pertains to wide receivers it's normally a little bit easier to find that pivot you might be able to find someone that has a really good matchup on the waiver wires this week so and we'll definitely be getting into matchups here in just a couple of seconds and you might find that someone has a really good matchup that you still have access to for free versus having to worry about you know looking at a trade or anything of that nature and lastly damian harris who has been limited with a finger injury? That's another one that's kind of you know wait and see the wait and see approach um, as to what's going to go on. Also in that New England backfield, JJ Taylor has been promoted, so it looks as if seemingly uh, Ramondre Stevenson is now the back on the tail end of the depth chart. I, I know Vander's feelings about the Patriots depth chart. So Joe, we're going to go to we're going to go to you <laughs> on this one to start out.
1: With. Yeah, I, I honestly, you just hit the the nail on the head with that one. I really now it's the writings on the wall that he's in the doghouse, but he's like Bruce Arians, you know, like that. That team is like real strict. Like you do one thing, and that's the not the consequence, but I think it's a benefit to him too. I really think playing in a smaller school in the system, he kind of gets to learn the Patriot way. They're really strict how they do everything. So at this point, I think James White, Damian Harris. Let's go ahead and get into
0: this rapid fire 10.
1: And now rapid fire 10, 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers.
2: Okay. Let's get right into it. This is another one of those. Who do I start additions? So who do I start? And this is a f- actual starting position. This is not flex. This is a starting running back position. Do I start Tyson Williams or the running back? From the Redskins, Gibson. I'm
0: going Gibson all day. I I know um, McKissick kind of stole his thunder last week, but if we're just looking at straight-up talent, we got to go with the fact that Tyson wouldn't have a job right now if the injuries didn't take Baltimore to hell in the handbasket.
1: So I'm going to have to go with Gibson. I'm going with Tyson. I like his matchup against Detroit over uh, the Redskins against the Bills.
2: Yeah, big, big difference in matchup. We got Elijah Mitchell, Rondell Moore flex.
1: Oh, Rondell Moore.
2: I agree.
0: Rondell Moore. I'm I, In my flex, I'm going to go with the person with the uh, highest upside. Um, and then in my traditional running back wide receiver uh, positions, I'm, I'm either going with my stud or with the person that's most consistent. Yeah. I, I want my guy my flex to be high upside and Rondell Moore gives you that.
2: All right. This is a really good one right here. We got Rob Gronkowski or Chase Claypool.
0: Mm, so we got somebody starting to tight end in, in the flex spot. Okay. I'm going Grunk. I wanna go Gronk, but I gotta go chase. And the only reason I'm saying that for this week is because if Deont, okay, let me put it this way. If Deontay Johnson is out, mm-hmm. it's a lock for Claypool. If Deontay Johnson is in, I agree with you, Gronk.
1: Oh no, I feel I already know Don Deontay's not gonna uh start this week, but it's just this is me talking as a fan, I guess. I just don't think they utilize his skill set to later on in the games. But if they get him more involved, oh, yeah, I love the upside.
0: I don't know if they're going to have a, a option but to get him involved because Juju isn't that guy. He can get you to, you know, five, six yards
1: here and there. But it's going to be interesting. But James Washington, though, man. James, James Washington, right? that's, yeah. That's when he come out as a vulture, man. <laughs> this is true. I, I can see that, too.
2: And let's not forget that uh, – they very well may have Mason Rudolph at quarterback.
1: Mm. Yeah, oh. So yo. you got to keep that
2: in mind. We, we, didn't,
0: we t- didn't talk about uh the Big Ben injury, and I know we in Rapid Fire 10, but yeah, B- Big Ben may not go this week with that pectoral injury, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, with all that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and change my answer to Gronk. <laughs> all
2: right, so we got uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Cortland Sutton. Mm.
0: I'm going to ride the hot hand of Cortland Sutton. Pittman Jr. is kind of almost the only game in town in Indy as far as receiving options are concerned. But the same as we were just talking about with Pittsburgh, it's a possibility that Wentz may not go um, based on both of his angles being sprained. Or for that matter, if he is capable of going, he definitely won't be at 100 percent. So I think I'm going to pivot away from Pittman.
1: Same. I definitely want to go with uh, Sutton.
2: Okay, we got C.E.H. or Melvin Gordon.
1: I'm going to go with CEH, kind of like
0: his matchup against the Chargers. But I also like the fact that he doesn't have a, a young man nipping at his heels. Um, I, I think this will be a get right game for
1: him. Yeah, I'm going with CEH too, but I'm not, a you know, he's been disappointing me like Saquon said.
2: We got Julio Jones or Mike Evans.
1: Based on
0: the fact that AB won't be playing this week, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Oh, yeah, Mike Evans.
2: This is not, this is a, 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 a freaky one right here. We got James Robinson and Mike Davis. Ooh, it's <laughs> disgusting.
1: Welcome to the jungle, <laughs> man. Okay, man, okay, okay. This wasn't a better question. That's it
0: is. So, Pete, my logic, I got to go with the guy that I know at least hasn't lost his job. Robinson isn't playing very well, but I'm gonna put that on Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer need to run the damn ball, Um, <laughs> but I believe that the RB1 job is still Robinson so I'm going to go with the guy that theoretically should get more run Um, but Davis man I mean we had questions about whether or not he could be a a starting running back Um, and and if you're letting Cordero Patterson who's been on like six different teams and couldn't really even make the the running back depth chart at these other spots if you're letting him come in and and steal your cookie then I'm sorry I,
1: I don't have faith in you anymore See, that we I agree with him wholeheartedly. I didn't gotta say nothing
2: else. Now speaking of Cordell Patterson, I really love this matchup right here. Or right, these two options. Do I play Cordell Patterson or James White? <laughs>
0: I think I may go with James White. And the reason I'm gonna go with James White is I know exactly what his workload is going to be. He's actually getting more rushing attempts now than he normally would. But his passing attempts are that of a a wide receiver on most teams. He's getting six, seven targets per game as a running back. So when you look at the fact that, you know, he can get you 60, 70 yards in the passing game and then may come up with another 20, 30 yards in the rushing game. And this guy will cost you next to nothing. He's still on a lot of waivers, and he's going to be averaging anywhere from 80 to 100 yards as long as he doesn't get hurt.
1: Yeah, I think the same thing. You know, like you said, we already know it's a workload. And I just, I don't know. That backfield with the Falcons, I would just stay away from it altogether.
2: So we're going to go with Joe Boy. Do I play Saquon Barkley or Miles Sanders? It's so funny. It's so crazy. It's so crazy (laughs) that this is even actually a question. You wouldn't ask this question two, three years ago, right? Exactly.
0: I love Barkley's matchup going against Atlanta, but I just, I can't trust him yet. Like he's going to have to, that's the saddest part about Barkley right now. Like I'm probably going to miss on some of his up weeks because he's going to have to show me for two or three weeks that his first up week wasn't a fluke. So, and I'm still waiting on that first up week. So.
1: Yeah, but with Miles Sanders, hopefully like this chest injury that just popped up today um, isn't an issue. I'm definitely going to fire him up. Like you said, uh, Saquon's uh, matchup this week in particular, if it was a week, he'd get 50 (laughs) yards. It'd be this week. We shall see.
2: Okay, last but not least, we got Ezekiel Elliott or DeAndre Swift.
0: DeAndre Swift, that's an easy one for me. Um, Right now, believe it or not, Tony Pollard is more efficient. He has better stats. Tony Pollard is showing with less carries that he can do more with
1: the ball. For me, it comes down to do I want Baltimore or do I want to go with Philadelphia? And Philadelphia, honestly, out of the two, I'm i I'm going with a Zeke matchup against Philadelphia. Yes, uh, Pollard is killing it and doing a remarkable amount of work. But as the game wound down, we saw Zeke get a lot of great touches. And um, he showed a lot of promise to me. I don't want to go against Baltimore if I'm swift and I'm still nursing the injuries that he has. The game script is going to call for him to get a lot of more receptions, but I do see it if it gets out of, not out of hand, but not as close being a Jamal Williams kind of game.
2: So that concludes our Rapid Fire.
0: Rapid Fire 10. Right. So the main topic of the show today are this week's matchups. The first matchup we have is Indy versus Tennessee. Now with this matchup, it opened up at a 54 point over under, and now it's been reduced to a 48 point over under. Um, So apparently a whole bunch of people were slamming the under. And currently there is a plus five for Indy. So Indy is expected by Vegas to lose by five points. Um, So again, we're looking at an over under of 48, and Indy is projected to be the underdog. What say you guys about this matchup?
2: Well, man, this is this is funny. You know, Tennessee pass defense is horrendous. I mean, so I would love a quarterback, the quarterback play from the Colts. But being that they came out and they said they're gonna play both quarterbacks, I think. Both of the backups are gonna get some time. Both backup wow, okay. Yeah, so they're both supposed to play. So um, that'll be interesting right this may be a game that i like maybe naheem hines because with those kind of guys coming in they're probably gonna do a lot of dump offs check that
0: maybe a jack doyle game as well um i know joe mentioned jack doyle uh before last week's show and he actually had a pretty good game this past week maybe time to fire up doyle um as well as hines right yeah i really think
1: this is the week for uh tennessee to really continue taking stride Man, Derrick Henry starting to catch these passes. I think he's uh, caught like six passes last week. This is, I think this is a good week for him, Julio. I'm just not as sure with who I would like from Indianapolis, because I haven't just seen any of them really uh, do as well when Eason came into the game for the two minutes. I love the Tennessee players a, little, a lot more than Indianapolis.
0: We have the Los Angeles Chargers versus Kansas City. This is going to be an interesting game. The uh, over-under started at 48, and now it's 54. Um, and the Chargers are projected to lose by 7.5. Um, so as far as the Chargers are concerned, I would definitely say you want to fire up the any of the wide receivers that you have, because based on the opponent, they're going to be throwing the ball the entire game, coupled with the fact that Kansas City doesn't necessarily have the best defense. So this may actually be fantasy-wise a win for the Chargers, although I don't expect them to win the actual
2: game. I think this is actually going to be a, a tight game. Usually when these two teams play each other, you know, they got that rivalry going on. It's usually pretty close. So I could see Justin Herbert throwing for the 300-plus yards as well as Pressure my homes. Uh, yeah. Also, I, I oh, I Also, I real quick, I, I do like uh, Eckler a whole lot in this game because the Chiefs have a very, very mm. leaky run defense. Good call. Good Absolutely. Call. So I, I love Eckler. He's he's probably one of my favorite plays this week. Um, so I love him this week against the team.
1: Yeah, it's Kansas City. I think hopefully they. Get, I think this is the week where Tyreek gonna get busy. Obviously, Kelsey is Kelsey. Even though Hardman is supposed to be the number two. Robinson seems to always find a way to get a few catches and get the most crucial yardage, whether it's, you know first down or uh, third down with a conversion. He always seems to get those looks over Hartman uh, as of this season. With Herbert, Herbert inconsistent. He's not playing to the same level as he was before. I think he's more pr- efficient and getting more players involved, but he needs to start capitalizing and getting into the red zone and pay dividends. But I do like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And hopefully, Jared Cook get a little touchdown this week.
0: Next matchup, we have the Washington football team at Buffalo. And the over-under in this one is at 41, with Washington expected to lose by 7.5 points. This is one of those games that I think can end up being a lot tighter than what Vegas is currently predicting uh, based on the defensive play of Washington. Also, I think they're discrediting the offensive play of the quarterback taylor heineke and the weapons that he has access to i don't look at these two teams as being almost an eight point difference talent wise so i think this may be one of those that can kind of make a couple of shekels on them um, if you go washington's way
2: and take those points i actually think buffalo can beat them by eight or more
0: okay
2: i mean coming in the, the the run game hasn't really been working much for him, which is a strength of Buffalo. Uh they have Terry McLaurin, but he's gonna be probably followed around by what's my guy for the Demius White? Yeah, he'd probably be following him around. And I'm just not a real believer in the Heineke project yet. This is a real good test. So I think this'll be a good test to see where he really at playing against a, a very good defense. So I'm picking the Bills to to beat this team by maybe maybe those eight points or more.
1: This is going to be a, a ass whooping, I'll be honest. I think the field will obliterate <laughs> Washington. Like, you got Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sander, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis looks, appears to be healthy. Zach Moss did what he did last week, and Singletary has been a nice compliment. Like, they just, you know, they got poetry and motion going on right now between those two in the backfield. I Like you said, uh, I'm pointing out too, I am excited about. Terry, because Terry's Terry, obviously, but Logan Thomas in a situation where he's going to get a lot more looks, he's going to be a, a great uh, look. That's really it. You want to say De'Ami Brown, but, you know, on fantasy, he's not really relevant as of yet. Um, I think Heineke is going to see a nice second, a great secondary, not a, a good one, a great secondary. And I think that's going to force, force some uh, turnover.
0: We have Chicago going against Cleveland. Uh, that game has a 45 point over under and Cleveland is expected to win by eight and a half. This game is interesting to me because the thing about it is, is Cleveland's defense may be the reason why that spread is where it is. When you have a a rookie quarterback getting his first opportunity at starting against a defense of this level, a lot of things can go wrong. So I don't really have very much confidence in any of the Chicago players to be 100% honest with you. Chicago still has a, a pretty decent defense. Baker Mayfield hasn't exactly been firing on all cylinders. Um, And then you also have OBJ first game back and Jarvis Landry on IR. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I I think they're going to definitely lean on the running game. If you have Chubb or if you have Hunt, definitely fire him up. I saw a stat today that Chubb has 53%. Of the carries and hunt is at 47 so that's as close to a 50 50 split as you're probably going to see right now so um, you can fire up both of those guys with confidence especially in this game
2: i think it's going to be one of those low scoring games uh
0: what, what's the what was the uh it's a 45 point over under 45 i would say is probably the median of the week as far yeah, as point both total. Team,
2: okay. both teams are coming in very good against the run so um I mean, yeah, you could fire up the run game as far as Chubb and Hunt go, but I don't think they're going to be very, very successful. I'm not a big believer in Baker Mayfield um, at all. Uh, I think uh, Justin Fields is probably going to be on a run a lot this game. He's going to be using his legs a lot this game. If you got Clowney and you got uh, Miles Garrett on the other end, they're probably going to have him coming out that pocket. So, that I can very well see he he probably going to run for 50 plus yards this game, maybe even a score. But I think this is really going to be one of those. 13 3, uh, 13 10. Like, I think it's going to be a low scoring game.
0: I can see that. Um, but the only thing with that, this doesn't always work out to be this way. But Vegas is normally more right than wrong. And if they're giving them an eight and a half point advantage to Cleveland, cleveland is going to score somehow i don't know if it's going to be their defense or but like you said not trusting baker that only leaves it to the run game so that's why i have the confidence in the run game that i
1: do. and i think the art of attrition really plays a part of it too like i think chicago's defense will keep them in early on at some point kareem hunt and chubb is going to wear on this team and that's going to lead to a lot of points for either of them and um going with Montgomery, believe it or not. I think Montgomery is probably going to be a good player in this to catch the a ball on the backfield, as well as what he does in the run game. And come on, like A-Rob is just, A-Rob, I'm not thinking he's going to go over 100 yards, but I think he's going to definitely have a touchdown, maybe um, five receptions, 67 yards, 70 yards, something like that.
0: We have Atlanta going against the New York Giants. This game actually has a lower over under than the previous at 43 points. And Atlanta is the underdog by two and a half. It's funny to me because you know how you just mentioned a couple of seconds ago, Vander, that the Buffalo game will kind of show you a little bit of what Heineke has because uh, how good their defense is.
2: Right.
0: I think that for Daniel Jones, it's the equal and opposite. He should crush Atlanta. But if if you get a... A, a lackluster game from Daniel Jones against Atlanta, I think it may signify that what we got in the previous games may not necessarily be sustainable or are expectable. So the same way we thought that we were going to kind of have a litmus test, if you will, um, with some of the other matchups, I think this one is going to kind of be one of those. Okay. So are you going to actually beat the teams that you're supposed to be? So that'll be kind of interesting. And, and, and I find it very interesting as well that Vegas has, the game at less than a field goal. So it's literally a toss-up in Vegas's eyes, and to me, the Giants should be favorited. So that, that's kind of telling me that the Giants aren't, aren't the real deal. They just kind of maybe have gotten a little lucky, but we shall see.
2: This game may be close, but I think it's going to be a barn burner. I really think it's going to, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Both defenses come in are not good against the pass. True. So, <laughs> Atlanta's going in. <laughs> right. Atlanta's going to have to sling it around. Uh, the Giants are going to sling it around. Um, so I, I think this game is going to be one of the higher scoring games. I want to see Ridley get back into form that I've been looking for him to have this year. Pitts, like, you know, his week two was better than week one. So we maybe get a chance to finally see him get in the end zone. But I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I can see both quarterbacks throwing for over 300 yards, 350 yards each.
1: This is a game where you have to see more of Ridley and Pitts last week. It was dismal i, I would expect that a huge performance out of him last week i'm not a big fan of matt ryan but i am a big fan of daniel jones in the soft matchup and sterling shepherd and slayton to get some more looks i know Gollard is um dealing with more elements as of late. So he's kind of questionable going into this weekend. But I think uh, it's definitely going to be a good game for the Giants offense. But y'all, like I said, the defense is just horrendous. So <laughs> it's going to be, like you said, a barn burner towards the end of it.
0: We have Cincinnati going up against Pittsburgh. As of right now, Cincinnati is at a full go. And Pittsburgh is dealing with some injuries. We, we aren't 100% certain what's going to go on with Big Ben. Just as important on the defensive side of things, right now T.J. Watt is nicked up, and Bush, in my opinion, one of the better linebackers, he's also nicked up. So we have a full-strength team going against a team that's not quite at full strength in their division, I won't say rivals, because Cincinnati hasn't been good enough in previous years to be Pittsburgh rival, but they they're, they're, let's, let's just say that they're very familiar with each other. And when you're familiar with the team, a lot of times strange things happen. We can look back in previous seasons where New England lost to Miami several times just because Miami knew exactly how to play them. And this was before Miami actually had the team that they have today or the Patriots took the step back that we've taken. Believe it or not, Pitt's going to find a way to pull it out even if Big Ben doesn't play. I believe that Cincinnati is going to cover the six and a half points that they have them um, as the underdog, though
2: believe it or not man the bengal's defense is actually playing pretty decent so far and it's funny pittsburgh's secondary is not playing well so i'm thinking maybe this is a game that you'll see joe burrow maybe come out of the shadow a little bit
0: oh joe hayden is out i don't remember exactly why it was but when you said that it just jogged my memory their starting corner is actually going to be out as well
2: hey hey what hey there we go so (laughs) fire up joe burrow The, the guy t higgins He's actually questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday with a shoulder. Friday practice probably be a more indicator to see if he's day-to-day on this injury. But I I definitely like Joe Burrow and and those Cincinnati receivers this game.
0: We have Baltimore going up against Detroit. This is actually one of the higher over-unders of the week, believe it or not, at 50 points and detroit is the underdog by seven and a half points so do we expect for this game to be closer than what people expect or do you think baltimore is going to run away with it um, i know a lot of times after a big win especially in the nfl i um, even in college sometimes but especially in the nfl when you have that big win a lot of time that next game, especially if it's a game that you're supposed to win, it can sometimes be a letdown. Um, do you see Baltimore falling into that
2: trap? I think Baltimore gonna come out and do what they have to do, but their secondary is horrible. They're playing really good up front against the run, but their back end is not doing well. And uh, golf is actually surprised a lot of folks this year with his place early on.
0: Let's take a step back because on the previous show, you were telling the people that cornerback was one of their deepest positions Right. And that Marlon Humphreys is their true number one, and that Jimmy Smith is no slouch
2: as well. So, what Correct. changed your tune? Well, look at some of the look at some of the guys they play so far. So, don't forget that. Like they just played Patrick Mahomes and they played David Carr. Looking at the numbers, they're not coming in that good against the pass. I mean, the first game, Darren Waller went nuts, and then you're playing against Kansas City. I mean, so that's kind of expected. Maybe this game would be more of a, a you know cooling off thing to see where that secondary is, but coming in, if you're looking at the numbers, they don't look good against the pass, but they are one of the deeper teams at that cornerback position.
0: Well, I guess at least works out for them that there are no number one receivers on Detroit's football team, so they can't do but so bad against the receivers that Detroit but, has.
2: But that's another thing, right? If you see the, the game that Walla had, you see the game that Kelsey mm. had, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, Hawkinson. You're right. I you're definitely right. think he'd probably be the number one tight end for me uh, even over Kelsey this week. So I think Hawkinson would be the number one tight end in fantasy.
0: DFS players, he's going to be a little cheaper than your your Walters and Kelsey's of the world. You might be able to, you know, win a couple of shuckles with starting Hawkinson as your number one um, tight end as far as DFS is concerned. I definitely like that take.
1: It's all go, man. Hollywood going to have a good game. I I think this is a good game for Mark Andrews to kind of get right, too. Tyson's Tyson. Obviously, still want Latavius Murray. Um, As far as the Lions, I I like Cephas. I actually like Cephas coming out of college last year. We've already seen it, even going back to the most recent game, that him and Goff has a good rapport. So I think he's going to be a a decent player if you have to pivot from somebody.
0: We got New Orleans going against New England. That game is at a a 42.5 point over, uh, over under. And New England is the, excuse me, New Orleans is the underdog by three points. I I like the fact that New England is now the top dog again versus being an underdog. The over-under, it makes sense based on the New England defense, also on the fact that they're going to pound the rock, and it's unlikely that the, the, the clock will stop very much at all in this game because I believe that New Orleans is going to have that same strategy. Um, they're going to try to run the ball as much as possible. But in this game, do you start your guys or what are you doing this one? Because I'm perplexed by the fact that New Orleans secondary, I believe may be one of the best that Mack And I believe that New England's defensive line is going to be one of the best that the New Orleans O-line has had to contend with. And then a couple of games, especially this previous game, you know, they kind of came back down to earth. I thought we may have had a eagle flying there for a second. And then, you know, we we came back down to Winston being Winston and Winston's offenses going the way that they normally go. If he doesn't have the easy enough secondary to contend with. So which direction do you think this is going there?
2: Me personally, I think it's going to be another one of them low scoring games. Both teams are very good against the run. So, all this, we're going to try to pound the ball. I don't see any one of them pounding the ball at all. You know, um, New Orleans is definitely good against running backs, and we've seen what New England has been doing against running backs. So, whoever can keep the chain going on third down, which quarterback can do that, will be the team that wins. Definitely not going to be the run game, I don't think, for either team.
1: New England is about to put an ass-whooping on the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) It is a copycat league, but also the innovator is – uh, no other than Bill Belichick. We just saw how Panthers was so creative on the defensive line, attack Jameis Wisdom, giving him so many different looks. This, I think Jameis is going to be seeing stars this game. And on the other side of the field, though New Orleans is good typically against the run, again, it being a copycat league, Josh vet is an innovator as well. And he only needs James White to do what James White does and catch those seven passes out the backfield. Aguilar is a go. I think this is a Myers game definitely. Shoot. All the Juno get Johnu Smith involved too uh, cuz again I think with New Orleans it it kind of warned them cuz look at the stat line that Darnold had. We're dealing with Mac, who could complete, complete 72% passes. So that he's getting a whole different you know, look going, you know, against New Orleans. He's going to come and light him up my personal opinion.
2: I don't know, man, real quick. Yeah, we seen how James had looked, but Mac didn't look good at all last week to me. And, I mean, New Orleans is better against the run than New England. I I really don't see it. I think it's
0: going to end up being a chess match because you have two of the best NFL coaches uh, going against each other, and they're very familiar with each other. They have a large amount of respect for each other. So the reason that I think although the run game, as Vander indicated, may not necessarily be effective, I don't think either team's going to get away from the run game because it's going to be low scoring. So although you aren't getting very many yards, the other team isn't going to force you to go away from it. And the one thing that I do know, based on New Orleans secondary and based Mm -hmm. on New England secondary, is both quarterbacks are likely to turn the ball over if either team is put into a okay. we got to throw the ball on all downs or on most downs versus it being a normal down and distance and it being a normal um close competitive game. So it's going to be a chess match for sure. If you like that old school type of game more so than the right. high flying game,
2: this is going to be your game of the week. Right? You want to fire somebody, fire up a kicker. Hell, I mean. <laughs>
0: no, no, but no. he's right. He's 100% right. No, you're fire right. up the kicker.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, fire Nick Foles. Fire up Nick Foles. This would be one of those four field goal games. You know what I'm saying? Four field goal type games for real. I can see that
0: more for the Saints side than even for the New England side just because Winston is capable of giving you the amount of yards that you need to get over into the opponent's territory and putting you minimally at least in field goal range even if they can't finish the deal. So not to mention that uh, Kamara is no slouch either. So I think that combination is going to put them in field goal range often. That's a spot on take. Arizona going against Jacksonville. Good Lord. Now, okay, so here's the thing though, guys. So I'm very attentive to numbers and it amazes me that Jacksonville, now we all know that Jacksonville is going to be the underdog, but they're only the underdog by six points right now. Mm. I believe personally that Detroit is a much better team than Jacksonville and Baltimore isn't necessarily capable of having the offensive output that Arizona is. But it's a closer spread in this game than it is in that. Also in the uh, Cleveland Chicago game, which that had an eight and a half point over under. So this one is kind of puzzling me a little bit and it's making me want to smash Arizona minus six. But I'm trying to figure out if there's something that I'm missing or what. But I can't man. see Jacksonville being within six points of this team. Hey, man. 52 point over under, by the way.
2: Go get your money. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping.
2: It's crazy. Mike. Uh, Urban Meyer was mic'd up last week. He came out. He said, man, it's like playing Alabama every week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the NFL. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And Pretty Alabama will be in town again this week. Like so, yep. so <laughs> yeah. nah. I, I see Arizona running these guys off the field, man. I don't know how's that close. Maybe, maybe uh, Joey the Greek know something. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's gonna uh, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> oh. But nah, that's crazy. Sick. This should, man. this should be a. This should be a blowout.
1: I I think it it could possibly, I can't say close, but I think it's going to be like a 10-point game. I definitely could see that.
0: That's the gimme of the week as far as I'm concerned, as far as Vegas picks. I don't see how it's possible for Arizona to only win by five points against this particular team. Their quarterback isn't on the same level. Their running game can't be on the same level because they're going to have to pass all the time. I mean, this is basically Vegas saying they completely and utterly trust Trevor Lawrence, and I don't.
2: It's crazy because, right? The Texans, they lost by 16 points. And then last week, they lost to the Broncos by 10. There's no way this game is six points. There's no way. I don't look
0: smash this right that spread is going to change it has to change between now and sunday so if you're a betting person get that now and actually that may have even changed from where it started out that's free money right Um, somebody gonna
2: lose their job in vegas like i meant to say i meant to say 66 (laughs) not six (laughs) we have
0: miami at las vegas they have an over under of 44 And Miami is the underdog, but only by one point. Which that is very interesting because normally the home team gets three points just for being at home. The fact that Vegas sees this as a one point game tells me that this may be the upset of the week and you may want to bet the money line on Miami.
2: Well, maybe it's early and maybe Vegas want to see for sure about David Dave Carr's uh, injury. It looks like he's going to play. That's maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe when they, their initial stat line came up because they have Jacoby Brissett starting for the Dolphins. In there. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm that Raiders
0: defense looking the way it's been looking the yeah, last couple th- of weeks. Th-
2: this this sound, these two games you just told about. These last two games sound like a, a parlay. You're, now you got two yep. for two. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So You're right. take Raiders, take Cardinals.
1: I'm really big on this match in particular. I think honestly as far as like Kenyon Drake, I think this is not his kind of day. Um, I do like Brissett and the weapons he has and the familiarity with them. So I do see it being close in that regard. I, I love this being a Devontae Parker game, definitely.
0: The New Jersey Jets going up against the Denver Broncos. This game actually has the second to the lowest over under. I believe the lowest was Washington against Buffalo at 41. This one is at 41 and a half and the Jets are underdogs by seven and a half points. I think you smash Denver. I I don't think seven and a half is enough. Zach Wilson is looking at a defense that's in the same vein of the defense that he faced last week. He's going up against a defensive guru type of a coach who preys on rookie quarterbacks. The same as Bill Belichick does. Uh, Vic Fangio (laughs) is a stellar, stellar defensive coach. And the Denver offense has been a surprise thus far, especially with the amount of points and the amount of efficiency that they're able to put up without a Jerry Judy. This game, I believe, is going to be Denver all the way. I don't think that the Jets offense or defense is going to be able to contend with these guys. I see Denver being able to beat them by more than that seven and a half. It'll be one of those. It'll make you sweat type games if if you put anything on this one.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think I actually think this game is still maybe you know kind of low scoring. They both really have pretty good, decent defenses. I think I like uh, the Denver defense going against the the Wilson kid this year this week. So I agree with you fantasy wise. There's not a whole lot of players I even like in this game. So. Not a real big fan of any of them, to be honest with you.
0: I would say fire up Teddy Bridgewater and fire up Sutton. Oh, yeah, Tim
1: Patrick, too. Um, I think that's a good sleeper coming into this game. I still like Corey Davis, obviously, because Zach's going to have to throw to someone. I don't think this is a good game for Elijah Moore to bounce back, to be honest with you, either. And then Javante Williams, obviously, Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon, uh, I'm not too sure about because it seems to be that he has to break a long play to kind of be fantasy relevant at this point.
0: We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams, which this game, I cannot wait to see. This is going to be like the main course as far as I'm concerned this weekend. The over under obviously is the highest of the week at 56. Tampa Bay is an underdog by two and a half points, which doesn't surprise me because that's basically Vegas's way of saying that they like Tampa Bay. Because normally, like I said previously, the home team automatically gets three. So the fact that they're only an underdog by two and a half and they're playing against the Rams at the Rams bodes well for Tampa Bay. I think this is just going to be a good game all around, both fantasy and just traditional, if you like, football type of a situation.
2: Man, this is our preview of the NFC Championship, in my opinion. Man, This this is going to be a really 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 good game um, but I like Matthew Stafford I love Cooper cup in this game the Buccaneers defense secondary is very leaky and the last two weeks we've seen what the chemistry that cup and Stafford has so I love Stafford I definitely don't think they'd be able to run the ball not only because it's Tampa Bay but hell you're starting running a bait man I did be present so yep I think this is one of those 400 yards. Maybe I'm trying to push 500 yard gains for Stafford. I really think they are gonna sling it around. This is gonna be one of those, give you that playoff feel. And I'm curious to see the Jalen Ramsey project. They've been moving around a lot. So he may see some everybody. He may may be on Gronk, he may be on Mike Evans.
1: This is a tremendous matchup, man. I like you said. I love both all of their weapons. I'm just not a fan of the running backs, obviously. But everybody, everybody else, literally, even well, not Higby. I don't know it because because they have so many stud linebackers over there with the Buccaneers. I don't know if Higby can get busy, but everybody else. And I think this is probably a four touchdown game on both. Well, yeah, I can say that a four touchdown game on both sides of the field with Stafford respectfully and possibly Brady because at some point. Bimba don't break. Brady's going to find a way with his second-half adjustments to get those touchdowns when needed.
0: We have three other matchups to go. Seattle versus Minnesota, which is a 55-point over-under, just underneath the over-under that we just talked about with the Tampa Bay Rams game. Minnesota is the underdog by three points. Now, this is the flip side of the the game that we just talked about because, again, normally the home team – automatically gets three points. So that means this is indicating that Vegas believes that Minnesota should actually lose by six points, which is why they're the underdog by three points. Although the home team gets three. So I don't know if this is going to be a DK or a Lockett type of a game, a Wilson game for sure. Fire up Chris Carson as well, because Vegas, again, is indicating that Minnesota is going to be throwing the ball for four quarters. And that probably somewhere in the fourth, Seattle is going to be probably trying to run the clock out. This also tells me that this is a start your Kirk Cousins and start your Minnesota wide receivers type of a game as well, because Vegas expects them to be behind for most of the game, which means they aren't going to be able to lean on the running game as much dalvin cook as well he's been limited this week so it's going to be interesting whether or not dalvin cook is going to be able to shoulder the load or if madison is going to be the running back that is um, getting most of the carries i foresee minimally cook at least sharing the load because they're trying to keep him from furthering the injuries that he's currently experiencing but i expect this to be a really good game as well
2: uh no nah, I, I think a little differently um Seattle's coming in next to last against the run so i don't think they're gonna be slinging around as much they're not good against the pass either but i definitely see Davon cook have one of those games i definitely like russell wilson Tyler Lockett, D.K. McAfee They're going to be slinging around the other end. So you may say a little Chris Carson. I think it's going to be a big Russell Wilson day and a big Daphne Cook day.
1: Oh yeah, with this matchup, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. I, I like this matchup. If anything, as uh, far as the Vikings, because you guys really pointed out a lot of good players. Dalvin Cook, as far as that's concerned, Zimmer's already said like he thinks more likely than not that Cook is gonna play. So I think definitely he'll be out there. Like, but to what extent we have to see. But he's an, he, that guy. He's tough as nails when it comes to playing hurt. I like KJ Osborne for the Vikings. He's been really cementing a great role with, like you said, because this game is going to be a good back and forth, and they're going to have to definitely cover uh, Justin Jefferson and Thielen uh, quite a bit. Uh, I look for him to definitely continue the stats he's been putting up lately. As far as Seattle, I would love to call us a Metcalf game, but he's been, I'm not saying underwhelming, but he has been a focus of his offense. uh, Lockett has really just been He's been beating up these DBs all these weeks. Man. God damn, this guy is just... When you think he's going to be inconsistent this year, he, he's been everything. But I think this is a, a definitely a Carson game. Even though it might not all show in the yards, he's definitely picking up volume as far as res, uh, receptions. I think it's going to bode well for him.
0: And our last two games here, we have uh, Green Bay versus San Francisco. That's a 50-point over-under. And Green Bay is the
2: underdog by three points. I actually like Green Bay to win this game. You know, San Fran defense usually has his number. You know, he usually have a problem with us. Well, I mean,
0: Vegas agrees with you, so. (laughs) (laughs) But again, actually, belay my last. Vegas thinks this game is a toss-up, and San Fran is the home team. So, for Vegas, I mean, for uh, Green Bay to be getting three points, that's our propos this being an even game. So it's really it really looks like it's going to be a toss-up. And then you have, again, like I said, the 50-point over-under, which means that you should probably fire up everybody that you got to go in this one. I also think this is going to be a get-right game for George Kittle. Let's also keep in mind how it is George Kittle normally goes about getting his points, right? More often than not, when George Kittle was shining, it was because there was no IUC and Debo was hurt. So I don't necessarily look at it adversely that right now at this point, Kittle isn't putting up necessarily the stats that you might want him to put up. I believe this will be a get right game for him.
2: Yeah. Like I said before, San Fran usually play the Packers pretty well. And uh, maybe you see a little bit of uh, Vegas is maybe trying to figure out that run situation with the 49ers. Maybe that actually plays a part.
1: I definitely think this is the Packers that have blown them out, man. I think the, the the biggest ace in this whole thing is Aaron Jones, somebody who had almost 20 touchdowns last year, is not showing any signs of diminished return as far as his uh, profitability for those who drafted him. They're using him in so many different ways. And also, too, LaFleur's offense is very similar to what they already have with Kyle Shannon. They actually are, are disciples of the same Um, type of West Coast offense. So this is something uh, that's definitely prelude to both defenses, but I also think it's way more weapons for Green Bay than for the 49ers when it comes to offense because we expect the defense to hold Aaron Rodgers to some extent, but can you stop Devontae Adams? And if you do, can you stop Aaron Jones is a question nobody can figure out in the NFL.
0: And lastly, we have Philadelphia going up against Dallas in a divisional rivalry game on Monday evening.
1: This game actually
0: has a 52-point over-under. Philly is the underdog by three and a half points, which means Vegas feels that they are a half-point underdog. I believe that Philly is going to figure out a way to pull this off. It's going to be very interesting whenever you have teams that are so familiar with each other in divisional matchups. I would put all my fantasy starters in. All my studs, Devontae Smith is a go, Hertz is a go, Goddard is a go. What, Sanders. About
2: that, what about a cowboy run game I don't...
0: with the cowboy run game? I would actually I don't think that it's going to be an adverse situation for the run game. Um, I know Philly normally has pretty good defensive line and they are normally pretty good against the run. But again, with divisional games, they can be kind of funny. It wouldn't be the first time that Zeke is run them into the ground or with the running back that's actually currently running better than him, Tony Parker being that kind of quick twitch guy that can get around the edge or can catch a pass out of the backfield, that actually lends itself more so towards being able to have good numbers against the Philly defense based on the fact that they're a okay, I'm gonna stop you right in the middle with Fletcher Cox, but With Brandon Graham being hurt, the defensive end, I can go around the outside all day. I kind of feel like I I wouldn't shy away from starting any of my starters in this game.
2: I think Dak Prescott is going to have one of those games this game. You may see a two touchdown game from a C.D. Lamb. Yeah, he may—I I definitely say see if Mari Cooper plays. I definitely see both of those guys going over 100 yards receiving. I think it's going to be one of them games where Dak Prescott going to sling it around like he in the park.
1: We already spoke really well on the Cowboys. We already know to start all of them. To me, again, uh, another pivot play is Quez Watkins because Jalen's going to have to really show the world. On Monday Night Football, he can keep pace. He's going to have to bomb into one of his most reliable and more comfortable targets out there, which is Watkins. I definitely like Rager and Goddard, everything going on with Ertz. Miles Sanders is a toss-up due to um, hit the injury. I think it's minor, but I really like Gainwell in this game script as well too, similar to how we view Pollard, Elliott. I think the same thing with Sanders. is game- Gamewell is going to fit really well into this game script too.
0: And that wraps up your matchups for this week. A little bit of business to take care of, right quick. You can find us at gmail at fantasyfootballfiend at gmail.com. Twitter is at fantasy underscore fiend F-E-I-N-I-G, ig fantasy football fiend again f e I N. And on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. Vander, give me your info.
2: You can reach me on uh, Twitter, also Instagram at Young Vander. Feel free to send me some questions. Do you have any? um, Should I sit this player, start this player? You know, any fantasy related questions, feel free to send them over and I'll hit you right back.
0: And that takes care of this week's episode. Promise you, if you stay tuned, you're going to get access to something that's going to make your fantasy season that much better. That's our job to give you the information, it's your job to make sure that you use it. We out.